Hey everybody, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 624 for April 14, 2021. I'm Sebastian Peak. And I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. Tomorrow is not tax day, thank God, because Josh Walworth has not filed his taxes yet. Oh, yeah, that's tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. And now we no taxes here either. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Brett Van Spruenberg tonight. And look, we have a special guest over here. Hi, I'm Wendell. It's fine. It's the uh, computer custodial engineer. What is the more politically correct term than janitor? Yeah, uh, computer janitor. I mean, it's computer fine. Janitor. Yeah, it's fine. Wendell from Level One Text. He's here. He's here on our show. Uh, sort of tangentially returning the favor because he had Alan on, but Alan isn't with us anymore. This was months ago. <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, maybe you should be on our show. I said two hours ago. And it's fine. Yeah, he's like, it's fine. It's way too generous. Okay. But, I, I was here I anyway, it turns out. So. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. But, I mean, if any viewers are out there and just want to be on the podcast, let me know. Um, <laughs> Normally, I'm just in the chat yelling at the monitor. So, this is what this works out. <laughs> yeah, you can just yell at us directly. And sometimes I would, a question, that works. question quick. Yeah, quick, yeah, yeah. Quick. Yeah, I haven't right. seen any uh, any uh, remodel pictures lately, Wendell. How, how is that going? I've completed it. It's fine. No way. Um, yeah. Uh, the... Uh, I don't know if I did a. I don't know if I did an actual walkthrough, but um, I got all the data in. I did the video, a few videos on um, like the IoT series, and so like that's the background. And so like in the background, if you're interested in like how everything worked out, it's basically the background of the IoT thing. But I got most of the IoT stuff up and going, so it, it does automatic things like turns the water off if there's a leak, or turns the lights on when I get home and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's a nice radiator behind you, by the way. My wife would uh, kill for that. Yeah, it, they work. Like so. In addition to computer janitoring, uh, boiler maintenance. So um, you have to have a license from the state in order to do that. Yep. But mostly, uh, that, that can be kind of explosive. Yes. Mm. Well, this system is only a ten psi system, and it has two safeties. And uh, uh, but you can replace the pipe. You can shut it down. You can replace the pipes, and then you can have somebody come in and look at it and certify it, and, it, and it's okay. It still works. We still use it in the winter. And it works exceptionally well. Like when I first moved in, it was like a boiler. This is not modern technology. This kind of sucks. But it turns out it's cheap, and I like cheap. Yeah, we've we've got a low pressure uh, steam heat in our house, and it's after about eighty years, it it needed to kind of refurb with you know new safeties, some new electronics. And when we talk about electronics, it's essentially knob and tube crap that <laughs> is updated. And, uh, it's hard to keep the heat. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, you know the mercury switches and and all that. And and uh, boy, it uh, once we got that all fixed up, our our house was like a new house. Yeah, yeah, it's the the heat plant is a really nice Well McLean, and I've got all new Honeywell sensors, Ooh. and it's. It's glorious. I have to ask: <laughs> is that is that um, uh, period correct coloring on the radiator? There is that. What is happening there? Is that foil? Silver uh, paint? It's high, yeah, it's high temperature uh, Krylon because ah. it locks in the rust. <laughs> hey, perfect. Uh, okay. Um, housekeeping stuff. Normally, I would say you would subscribe to our mailing list, but we have some. Uh, 
technical hurdles hey, there. We didn't have a, an email it's, this week. It's not my fault. Okay, allegedly. <laughs> it's, it's a mail allegedly, problem. As far as, as, far as anybody Amazon knows, issue. it's not my fault. Right, two weeks in a row of that excuse. Um, it's nobody's fault. Sometimes mails have problems. So I, I'll withhold, not, like, normally we'd say go to pcper.com uh, slash, slash subscribe. I don't know if it's doing anything right now. Maybe it is. You can still get on the mailing you can list. Get in the, you can get on the waiting list to be added to the mailing list. <laughs> True. <laughs> and you can, <laughs> wouldn't do that. I mean, honestly. No. Well, yeah, you can. You can Please join list. our yeah. spam list. There's an exclusive. It's limited so, to. You know, you're so exclusive that you only allow a certain number of people in the YouTube chat because, well, too many people. And it's just. Well, yeah. And we screen <laughs> them. Cut it off. They have to interview with me beforehand before they're allowed. There's in a short the application process. Yeah. It's not. Not very difficult. A reasonably comfortable video exchange that we was mandatory. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash PCPer is the place to go to help support this. Um, and uh, I don't. Do we have any new subscribers to I, mention? Brett? I would no. have added the new subscribers here if we had had any between oh, the last okay. show and ah, this show. We did. We did gather uh, one in the last show. And if anybody logs in and uh, changes their name or or ups their their patronage, or even reduces it, out. imagine or reduces you know, it. Yeah. Hey. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Changes it. You were whatever. To tell I'll read out part. their. I'll read out their new name uh, within reason. It probably, I don't know whose reason, but somebody's reason. I'll read out the change name right here live. So yeah, put your name right here. Go in and make a change. Become a new patron. Well, we've waited what if long I change enough. Change my name. Josh, um, no. <laughs> born in a barn. No. 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 Anyway, where, okay. where did you go? I was going to say something rude, but I'll I'll not. Well, hey, <laughs> you can say rude things about your lunch. Yeah, because it's that time. It's the time everybody looks forward to every week when I add some sort of cheesy music in the editing process, and we look at Josh's latest burger of the week. Please take it away, Josh. Okay. Well. Um, I knew that they had been working on this special for a while, and it was it was special. I mean, it it wasn't the tangiest. It wasn't hot. It wasn't spicy, but it sure was meaty. And by meaty, I'm I'm talking the Mandrake Burger. I don't know why they call it the Mandrake Burger, but this is a burger. Two sesame seed buns, of course. Onion aioli which is the majority of that messiness. The other messiness is the several slices of Swiss cheese, which cover Italian beef, sauteed mushrooms, and a single organic, free-range, locally sourced beef patty. So together, it, it, it melted in your mouth and super super meaty flavor it's it's you know italian beef if you've ever been to chicago is it that they they specialize in that it's a tangy i, I would have guessed italy beef myself but there's no, that no it's it, were you thinking it of italian ice come. italian ice no. that's that's totally different that's no. not a sandwich no, i don't see if, a patty in there i'm seeing roast beef of it's, some it's kind, down but, below it's uh, covered well, i mean you need a you need a different angle we need, we need multiple burger photos 
Oh, I don't know, but it was so, so sticky that I couldn't yeah. take it apart. Okay. I couldn't do okay. it. It was mm. hard. Okay. But the uh, the fries were a little underdone. They were tasty, but they were underdone. And so they, they kind of were like a mass of fries that when you pulled one out, and it was it was slightly disappointing, but the burger itself made up for it. I definitely think I'd ask why they called it a mandrake, especially if they were serving it with like belladonna fries or something. Yeah, I don't know. All right, well, I, 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 I'm disappointed because I look forward to the fries every week. Since, of course, yeah, I yeah, no, deprived fries myself. Were, I mean, they, the they're still tasty, but they were just a little underdone. Are we ready to talk about the latest exciting? Uh, OEM only AMD APU developments. Yes, I I have to call out the descriptive Radeon graphics uh, <laughs> specification here. The the flagship that we're talking about the the Ryzen five thousand G series, the flagship of which is going to be the Ryzen seven fifty seven hundred G. It's an eight core sixteen thread sixty five watt CPU. Max boost up to 4.6 gigahertz, so that's good. And it's Zen 3 cores. So they're, they're moving up to the Zen 3 from the 4000 series, which is OEM only, APU, which had Zen 2 cores. And uh, the only issue I see, and I have to click on one of their um, links here, is under specifications, they only list graphics model, Radeon graphics, graphics core count 8, Frequency two gigahertz. So I'm guessing this is just Vega again. Yeah. I got one of the OEM the ones and it was Vega. Yeah. Oh, the OEM 4000s or 5000s? 5000. It's oh, a, or really? engineering sample. Yeah. Oh, I snuck nice. it into one of my videos. I, I do little things to drive people insane. And so about two weeks ago, I did a review of a Synology NAS. And I was like, look, it's, it's like you can unplug stuff and VMware will keep going. And if you look really closely at the VMware screenshots, it's the, the AMD APU bar number. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's pretty zippy. Disappointed you're not using its full name, though. Uh, the 5700G? The no, the AMD no. Ryzen 7 5000G series desktop processor with Radeon graphics. <laughs> yes. Because we all want to type that out multiple times. <laughs> yes, as I typed, I copied and pasted this from AMD. It is not an APU, even though if, if you go to the URL, it is under the APUs section. Uh, it's it's desktop processors with Radeon graphics. That allows them to be obscure, though, I guess. I wanted this yeah. to be that mythical Zen 3 plus RDNA 2. I basically, you know, a, a Xbox Series X in well, that's, a box. Yeah, that's, kind of a, that's kind of a meta game, though, here, isn't it? Because, like, what are they? why would they do that unless they don't? want the APU designation to be a thing. Cause like Intel doesn't say the with IGPU, I mean, you get the K or the not K, but they don't really make no. a big deal about it. So what does that suggest about the future of, of uh, Ryzen? Mm. The future of fusion and has been <laughs> for the past 15 years. Yes. <laughs> Just throw another chiplet on there. Put a GPU chiplet on there. A couple more CPU chiplets. Mm. Just make well, the, you know, you, the, make it bigger. That would be interesting. I mean, you know, people had always, you know, kind of talked about because of their their whole chipless strategy and the the integrated I/O, you know, die that you could have, you know, a, a CPU and then a GPU chip, and, and in theory, you still could with you know Infinity Fabric and and all that. But um, 
Yeah, they just make, you know, one just kind of giant die with it all in and seven nanometer and Vega graphics. And I think I think Vega graphics are probably it's it's more die size efficient and it can still clock up there. And, and the amount of work that they actually did with Vega to get it to where it is now, uh, you know, they're kind of in a good space because they're only competing against XE. And Intel has <laughs> made leaps and bounds. Uh, but they're they're still just not there yet. It's it's yeah. I mean it's I mean AMD is closer to Nvidia than really Intel is closer to AMD. That may change <laughs> near the end of the year or the next product generation. I don't know, but um, yeah, there's there's still a lot of um, uh, the, the, you know the the low level nuts and bolts that that AMD has with you know not just the hardware design but also software um, drivers are still a big thing Intel has a lot of money to throw at it but you just don't know the 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 counts the, the of of, of uh, engineers actually working on these things uh, from Intel and you really don't know from AMD either but uh, they have improved pretty dramatically uh, even just over the past five years um, where you know it's it's you know it's, it's not early 2000s ATI drivers yeah that was fun. one of the I'm getting a little ahead of the the, the uh, agenda, but the uh, the GTC thing from NVIDIA, like not just that, but the last six months of stuff from NVIDIA is like, holy crap, NVIDIA has done a, an insane amount of stuff around their software stack and the drivers and everything else. And, you know, to your point, I think AMD's got to be looking at that on the video side and saying, uh, we still have a ways to go in terms of, you know, ABC, XYZ maybe. Um, because some yeah. of the AI stuff well, and some of the the other stuff is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I think in terms of like game drivers and and solidity, there they're in a pretty good place. But when you're talking about you know OpenCL and um, Rock you know, some of these, and, open, yeah. yeah, they're they're so far behind. I mean, that CUDA stack is it's scary for everybody and. There's there's a reason why ARM is kind of excited about joining with NVIDIA because suddenly they have this massive bunch of software they can leverage on day one. It's yeah. yeah. But that's that's we, we can talk about that further. But yeah, let's, yeah, hold, let's hold talk about thought. having Zen three. Yeah. Seven yeah, let's, let's look at these slides. Eight I mean core, look, sixteen it's threads. Here. How much is five thousand to cost? How's the top one's gonna cost? That's that's like a thirty eight hundred. Hey, yep. in the coming weeks, we're going to see some exciting OEM SKUs. No, 58. Products. Sorry. 58. Yeah. It's, it's down clocked a little bit, and yeah. it doesn't oh, have no. as much as it's, much cash. What, it boosts up to 4.6, and the yeah, 58 is, what, 4.7? Right. This is all that matters. Yeah. You go to PC Part Picker right now as an enthusiast. The cheapest, the budget build has reached the $1,000 plus uh, era yeah. or in, yeah. area, and that's with an i3 and a 1650. So <laughs> I, I want any kind of competent performance uh, from an APU. Hey, do you remember when you could buy an RX, an RX 580 for $150? I know. Wow, it's, that's <laughs> unattainable now. <laughs> hey, eight gigabytes days. of memory, no less. You know, even mm-hmm. though they dropped the, the GPU core core count from 11 to 8, they were actually able to upclock it significantly. And the yeah. the 8 count version actually does outperform. Wait, are we talking about generation. Intel? Okay. 
No. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. It was 10 cores, not 11 cores. You're thinking of 11. That's not what I'm talking about. No, I'm oh, talking okay. about. Oh, I see. You're talking, talking about, about AMD. Because you were like kind of dumping on them okay. a little bit. And we're That's talking Vega about Plus. like what kind of what kind of gaming performance you could expect, you know, out of uh, an AMD APU. And I was just pointing out that even though the count went from, you know, 11 to 8 on their Vega Vega cores, they're actually, due to the process shrink, they were able to, to up, uh, up clock them somewhat significantly yes, and they they actually perform better than the it's, previous it is generation. really from really interesting what they what they've done in terms of like power management as well because hmm. juggling eight cores and eight vega it's a little tricky and i don't think they got it exactly right on the 3000 series apus 4000 was a lot better and the one you know what i have is not final but even though it's not final how it juggles power between vega and the eight cores is really interesting do these parts have more in common with the mobile variant? Is this this is like single monolithic die with GPU, right? Or no? At, yeah, at sixty five watts. But on the you know, desktop part, you can run it higher and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was just noticing I'd forgotten. Al in our chat had mentioned the cache is smaller. Yes, it's only sixteen megabytes of L three. Yeah, it's on half this. Yep. versus so, thirty two. Yeah, thirty two. So no, it can't load all of Dota two in L three. Like the desktop can. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Dota 2, actually, I didn't put this result in here because I didn't, uh, just because I didn't. But I revisited our exciting 11th gen Rocket Lake coverage just briefly. Oh, come on, it was riveting. It was riveting. Because, you know, they had to do something. And uh, how about a day one BIOS update? Uh, which, of course, nobody had in their reviews because I don't think it was even released until the 30th. I don't know if people got it early. What do they but, think it is, a GSA? Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, really. The update, the version 0704 update for the ROG Maximus 13 Hero, which is the board that Intel was sending out with these, as far as I know. That's what I got. Click uh, on download. Click on download. I, it's a picture. I click on download. If I click on download, <laughs> it. it just increases the size of the picture. Um, <laughs> it supports adaptive boost technology with the i9, which was apparently not enabled before. Kind of a, a not a great, uh, you know, look for the review performance. And then improves system performance in some way, updates microcode and stability. So anyway, if you actually look at what it did, it greatly enhance all core performance in a default no power limit state as most if not all enthusiast boards will ship and that takes it from 4.8 gigahertz all core to 5 gigahertz on all cores so this is like 9 uh 9900ks territory uh, but with you know faster ipc and that t- i mean it's it's not huge it was 17 seconds shaved off of blender classroom which actually enabled it to surpass the Ryzen 7 5800X in that particular test. I didn't run a lot of tests here. Geekbench, I just wanted to see single core um, integer and floating point performance, which were not exactly flat, actually slightly below. So I don't know what was yeah, going you lost, on. You lost a little here. I, was oh, I, only, I only did it default power limits. If you manually oh. enforce all limits, the performance in Geekbench is higher. So if I'd done you know, manual limits... BIOS 704 versus unlocked 605, it would have been faster. But what, anyway. what was your cooling on this, by the it's way? It's a 280 all-in-one. I think it was a GamerStorm 280, that one I last reviewed. So, And that was at full bore, 100 
you know, percent on the fans and the pump. So I never had any thermal issues. It was sitting around 70, a little over 70 degrees C under load. But, but you're slightly deaf now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> multi-core performance was up, of course, but up kind of significantly. Look, it's from 10,499 integer up to 11,282, and then floating point went up mm-hmm. as well. Not as much, but it was, you know, significant. But look at the power. The power increase. Ooh. Just over 210 watts package power. And that increased to 270. <laughs> so at the, under, mm-hmm. under the same conditions, if you could keep it under 70, it would be closer to 290. Because 70 <laughs> degrees C is the magic spot for that CPU. Oh, okay, so yeah. If you run with all the defaults, it'll it'll be like, all right, it sounds good. More power. Just you can't throw enough cooling at it, and you'll just get better and better performance with higher and higher power draw. It's a beautiful marriage between thermals, power, and well, slightly well, improved performance. I have a question for the brain trust because this is really this is something that so I struggled with. Then. Okay, I, no, it's, for the audience at large, not yeah, not not this. Room. No, you you guys. No, it's, okay, okay. This is something that I struggled with, uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Usually, the benefits you get from a shrink, of like a process shrink, going from 14 nanometers to 10 nanometers, is, well, maybe not from 14 nanometers, but from like 22 nanometers to 14 nanometers, certainly. More clocks, less power. I don't think they would have gotten more clocks. Yeah, but, 20, but 22 to 14 was just not more clocks. I mean, think about the first generation of 22, uh, how high they could clock those up versus that first generation of 14. Now, yeah, I mean, that's true. given given the 14 nanometer process that we look at now is totally different than that initial one. And they have improved those clocks <laughs> dramatically and it pulls a lot of power. So, I mean, it, I can I can see what you see in there. But, yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd think, I mean, with AMD, they got better clocks and better power going from their 12 nanometer, which was just kind of a snappy 14 nanometer and down to seven and, and they better die size, better power, yeah. slightly higher clocks. Um, so, so yeah, it we, looks to me, we, we live like, in a yeah. strange place when it comes to process <laughs> technology. <laughs> but like if they had won on power utilization, I don't think we would be talking about these things running at like 5.6 gigahertz or 5.7 to pull up, pull pull ahead a definitive win. And so it's like, you know, I was expecting more from Rocket Lake, but then we look at, okay, 10 nanometer Xeons. They did win on the process on the Xeon side, and we look at the, the cores on Xeon, and it's like, well, is it did, it, did the Ice Lake cores really make that much of a difference? I mean, certainly in power utilization, but the power utilization's up on Xeons anyway. So like, what could... What was everybody's expectation for Rocket Lake? Because even at 10 nanometers, I don't think it would have been that much faster, just less power usage. One of the bad SpaceX launches was my expectation. Uh, no. <laughs> um, you know, we had had this discussion on, on Twitter, I remember, just this, you know, in yeah. the past week. And I, I think we're kind of looking at this wrong because, you know, originally I thought, hey, they cut down these Rocket Lake uh, cores and caches so that they'll be able to you know fit it in a reasonable die size and so they're going to give up some performance because some of these structures have changed um due to the 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 changes in, in the actual low level transistor design but the more i thought about it the more i kind of considered is is the actual design itself and all those features and functionality are are 
are there. And so it's not like they're going to throw all these other transistors at Rocket Lake on 10 nanometer for an increase in per core performance and IPC. But what we did sacrifice is going from 10 cores down to eight cores. And so if, yeah. it, you know, if on 10 nanometer, if they had been able to get everything together, we would still see a, a 10 core Rocket Lake Park. And, and that would have really helped them out at the high end and, and that, you know, kind of halo uh, CPU, and maybe they'd have thrown a little bit more cash in there. But as we kind of know, um, you know, Intel is not as cash dependent as AMD is for getting really good performance. I mean, 32 megs of cash is a lot of freaking cash. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. you know, my, my first, uh, my first Pentium, uh, one thirty three had sixteen megs of of memory, yeah. total, and that was smoking at the time. <laughs> and so now you've got L three cache of thirty two megs, and it just it makes my twenty year <laughs> past self kind of giddy in uh, in what we're able to do. As, as Sebastian say, it's just load Dota into cache, and you're good to go. <laughs> Yeah. Wendell, are you uh, perhaps referring to third gen Xeon and the ten nanometer proof in the pudding that their clocks are lower? Yeah, yeah. So like, it's like first of all, like the the ten I mean, nanometer just ex- ten, explain ten ex- explain what this is. So yeah, so like ten nanometer ten core Xeon is they've already said is coming like Q four, and there's this weird thing with like Cooper Lake mixed in with the. You know the Ice Lake cores, which is super confusing and weird, and almost seems like it almost seems like a deliberate something weird going on. But um, looking at the core performance of even the flagship Xeon parts, I was expecting more from a, you know the, the new micro architecture, and it's in, it is increased power usage. And you know, granted, this is what like a second or third generation ten nanometer technically. Um, it's not the performance is not bad. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just surprised that as little cash as it has and generally intel is farther out there with like you know they've got more people more engineers doing stuff and so they usually have like more insanely clever designs and their patent war chest is probably insane it seems like that the core still had more hype than it actually delivered even in like the xeon format from looking at this and things that aren't flagship xeons just aren't going to be available for like two more quarters Intel. And we're coming from an an ecosystem where they had, what was it, 64 plus SKUs of Xeon? Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but it seems odd. Silver crap. Yeah. Yeah. Just not as many. That company has got some some serious. I mean, they they have skewed themselves to death. Yeah. (laughs) Would you would you call that skewered? Yes. yes, that's what yeah, I was but, thinking. Uh, I will now. I just can't. <laughs> yeah, I but think... uh, you know, Francois has has. I mean, he's an interesting character. We can all oh, agree. Oh boy, we okay, all. Here we go. Uh, now we're all on but, the list. But, <clears throat> yeah, but uh, he he is correct in that, like the the bean counters, and the guys have taken over a lot of the marketing, a lot of the product development, and it's just killing them with consumers because you're you're given this whole array of stuff that goes from you know a couple thousand up to tens of thousands and now of course they've, they've had to drop that down these latest ones because amd's doing such a darn good job um it's just it's just 
it's killing their partners because they have to have all the support for all these different SKUs. And that takes time and it takes design and it takes different cooling solutions. And you got to make sure things checked off and you got to have all the firmware support. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. And it's getting more confusing every day because we've got multiple generations of things all being sold at the same time. Um, it's just, it's just nuts. And, and that's where, AMD is, has simplified things quite a bit with um, oh, yeah. with their product stack. I don't I don't want to hijack the podcast, but I have that, you go that, right ahead. I, I, it's it, we go in another direction. How much of that is because I agree with you, and I see it too. But how much of it is to do with product segmentation? And oops, we know we've been counted ourselves into a, a corner here. How do we escape? And how much of it is because software is changing because I see the software side of this driving a lot of it. Cause not that long ago I was super excited with like four core servers and you know, I've got, you know, all this, you know, non-uniform, whatever. And IBM had their crazy eight socket servers and you know, those are still a thing and blah, blah, blah. But now on the software side, we see all this crazy software like Docker and Kubernetes and blah, blah, blah. And it kind of harkens back to like the, the pictures from inside Google and like the late nineties and early two thousands, where it was just stacks of motherboards on with like cardboard separating them. And they're like, Oh yeah, the real servers were too expensive. So we just bought whatever we could find from the local store and plugged it in and everything was good. And we didn't need enterprise reliability because we just did it all in software. And so like single and dual socket servers, like kind of dual socket servers are kind of not really from what the sales numbers, it doesn't look all that good. And so I could just throw a thousand single socket servers at it and fix it with software. And it's like, is that driving the desegmentation of processors? Arm certainly hopes it is. And I mean, to an extent it is because that's what their specialty is. It, yes. It's multiple socket. Like don't even bother counting the socket. We'll just tell you how much processing power there is per cubic inch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Plus ESXi uh, and uh, VMware yep. and how they license oh, everything out. True. Yeah. And, and let's see. Nvidia you got a two-socket and... server? Yes. Yeah. We, we yeah. should move on so. from this. Uh, <laughs> I think we're supposed to be talking about Intel. I just I'll, just briefly in closing, I just want to show. Josh did some analysis Sorry. of the power draw as well. And it's just crazy. I mean, you look at the total system. You've got, you know, 300. Oh, wait, no, that's the FX 9590 review. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, wrong product. Wrong nice. product. Oh. Okay. I call the numbers are almost identical, though. They're almost the same. Uh, <laughs> except their t- stated TDP was more accurate. Um, yeah, 220. 219 yep. watts. On the they subject. Yeah. On the subject, I just want to briefly mention that. Brent Justice did a, a thorough write-up of the uh, Intel 750 graphics performance, like a real GPU review, like he used to do for years at Hardo CP. And, you know, the numbers are a little different. It's like going back in time to, you know, older technology and running newer games with them. If I can find... Look, beautiful screenshots of the command center. They have a very nice-looking software. Suite, Actually, I, I was impressed by the command center. Yeah, command center is nice. Integer scaling, I mean... Retro gaming on this in DOSBox is yeah. great. And uh, their own sort of take on adaptive sync, or at least enhanced V-Sync. Uh, but look at this performance. I mean, if you're playing Grand Theft Auto V at 720p, 
So you can play it at 80, 82.3 frames per second, up from 50.8 with the i9 10 900K as a picture of, I don't know what this is, some kind of sausage That's here. That's beef. Oh, um, this Aren't you, uh, aren't you probably playing at a CRT, really? Probably uh, instead. I don't know. Grand Theft Auto V. Let's see. Turn it up to 1080 normal. It's a, it's a real retro feel. Yeah. 24 I mean, As long as you compare it to the 630, it looks great. Yeah. Uh, it basically could not even run Cyberpunk, of course. And anytime you get up into the higher settings, I think there was a little bit of 1440 testing. Mm. Uh, it's yeah. You, yeah, you start you start at 720 low, 31 frames per second in Far Cry Five. It just gets worse from there. Essentially, it's they in some of the tests they showed the gains they were talking about, and others they did not. But it is faster, and it's graphics you can actually buy. And there's a working driver now. A week later, or a week or so after the launch, they actually had a, a driver for the general. Wow, that's public, awesome. Which is the exact same driver as XE on mobile. It's this. They just yeah. re-released it with. Uh, it's going to be the same, fam. It's going to be the same product. There were a few games that didn't load properly. You check out the article on the FPS review because he had uh, some games like Horizon Zero Dawn. I, he couldn't get out of the front like the menu, and yeah, there's a few games that just wouldn't work properly. But that's the problem with. I don't know. It's a new driver, but it's not a new driver. You're kind of at the mercy of optimizations there, but it's. It gets you a display. You can play some games at you know thirty frames per second. Some games at eighty frames per second, and you can always play DOS games at sixty frames per second. You know every time, <laughs> or whatever they are. Um, I we should probably go into GTC. Should we take a break first, Brett? Sure. Should this be break number one? All right. Let's hear from podcast let's- sponsor number one. Small businesses need good people to operate, especially in times where they've had to adapt, innovate, and just flat out survive in some cases over the past year. You need the right people to help you continue to adapt and grow the business you love. You've come too far. LinkedIn Jobs can help you do that right now for free. Use the LinkedIn Job system to post an available position with your business for free, utilizing their huge network, literally millions of active people internet-wide. Your job requirements can reach their vast and diverse network of 740 million professionals. Oh yeah. Find the exact person you're looking for by creating a targeted application with your specific screening questions and find the most qualified candidates having the skills and motivations you need to get your business moving. Filtering and management tools can assist you in reviewing and rating your applicants to quickly locate that ideal candidate. LinkedIn Jobs can simply help you hire the right person for your role faster. Use our link and your first posting is free. Visit linkedin.com slash pcper. That's linkedin.com slash pcper to get your first job posting for free. Terms and conditions apply. Is the VR free Half-Life Alex? Is that a real thing or is that still a community mod? It's a it's a legitimate thing, but it is not, you know, from Valve, but it is a very mm. good modification and it's, it's been in the works for over a year now it's and all the source some code of the, three is in it there's been a couple of no no that's not that one this is a different one it's alex <laughs> um this is uh half-life alex and uh it's been a uh, labor of love really for someone to um sort of flatten the uh existing alex and it's not a remake where the assets from 
a different version of Half-Life has been pulled in and sort of overlaid. It's been it's a real flattening of Half-Life Alex. And there's a video on the uh, link that I left there that actually sort of illustrates what it sort of simulates what you could do to kind of like, you know how you were wearing the VR helmet, and you were kind of casting out and picking up things and kind of using them. There's a 2D way of, of uh, simulating that action that actually looks fairly decent, reasonably playable. I didn't really know that I, I was sort of not interested in this, although I'm very interested in the story. And of course, who doesn't want to play Half-Life 3? Um, and I realized that when I, after I read this and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I still kind of want to play this. Uh, I might actually go and uh, maybe purchase this. I don't own a headset. So this kind of fell off my radar, but this might, uh, might get me to try it out if they complete this uh, mod uh, and, and finish it out. The review that I read of, of this particular uh, mod actually said, yeah, this turns out to be a pretty uh, faithful reproduction, but it's actually not as much fun uh, than uh, rather than having the VR because it sort of takes an element of, of immersion, obviously, <laughs> wow. away. But well, the game is sort of written with that in mind. Right. And without it, it sort of loses play- a bit of the punch. When they looked at people playing, it wasn't most of the time spent picking stuff up and then throwing it in their inventory and then deciding what yeah. they wanted to have in their inventory and stuff. Perhaps because that's not going to be quite the same without. Yeah, you know. Well, well picking we'll things up and flinging them in VR—that's the whole thing. That's yeah. the experience. Yeah, we'll leave a link. We'll leave that a link and link running to this into walls version and in, in the show notes. I mean, could you, could you in the imagine the beat save the mouse and a keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Josh. I want to huck a toilet in VR. Is, yes. is Josh still with us? So oh, no. I, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. His, his mode, oh, no. His audio yeah, came back. Oh, wait, you. No, the video might be coming back. Might be, we can hear you. But oh, he's on oh. Vega. He's on, like, he's on Vega APU right now. Is like, my child doing something? Possibly. Yes. yes. Uh, I mean, the answer to that's going to be yes. Oh, well, let me text Just him. In general. Oh. Okay. <sighs> Stop Child. seeding. Just download the torrents. Don't mm-hmm. seed them. I need that upload. <laughs> Stop seeding. You know what? A lot of people don't know to take that and just turn that all the way down. Just yeah, uh, you got to throttle off. off. But you know, sometimes right. when you throttle too much, then your download mm-hmm. suffers. You have to be right. careful about that. You can't just turn on a BitTorrent and just go for it. Okay, read. Look what? at the controls. And you gotta you gotta manage no. it. You can't just let it go after it's done downloading. No. You're gonna be seeding. Don't walk all away. Your bandwidth away. Babysit the damn thing. Full on unprotected and seeding everything. You know, but it. it not that it's a bad thing to seed your public domain video and uh, open source operating oh. systems. Of course. Which is the only thing yeah, I ever use torrents for. Yeah. Fresh version of Linux. Mm-hmm. Unraid. Right. You should put all that stuff out there. We've we've buried the lead. The the reason well, I mean, I I'm happy that he's on at all. But the reason I asked Wendell, like, hey, you know, could you shed some light on well, Grace, for one thing, but GTC in general, and NVIDIA, obviously. And uh, Jensen, I don't I know where he's talk been. About all the code names. All I don't know where names. he's been. He's in his kitchen. Code, yeah, I guess. Code name rundown. He, you can't he cut looks, your hair with a spatula. That's true. There were fewer Apparently, spatulas this time, can't. I noticed. He seems well, to have scaled back on the spatulas. There were a few conventional kitchen, ones mixed in. The kitchen, it melted away. Hmm. Do you think it was really him or was it an AI? Mm. There's two different leather jackets. There's some discrepancies you, in the video. Sorry, he's slowly turning into the PC Master Race guy. Jen, mm-hmm. Jensen's a simulation. <laughs> is that what you're saying? I think he might be. I don't know if I've never actually <laughs> met him, so I don't know. 
He's, yeah, that's a point. He's he's the walking poster child of RTX technology. But uh, GTC, it happened. It was not really consumer focused, but you know there'll be trickle down technology for consumers, of course, with their unified architecture thing. This is not an accurate photo here. This is not what he looked like. No, he looked like Michio Kaku. I need to find a better picture. They definitely shopped his hair there. Yeah, this is a, that's last year's or the year before. Some nice angled photos there. I need to find another article that has an accurate image. Oh, sorry. But with, with, with hair effects on. Yeah, yeah, dress <laughs> effects. Wait, was that AMD or that was AMD? No, sir, it was dress effects. You're right. Yeah, that's ah, that yeah. Was Nvidia. Hair works. We're talking about hair works. Yeah. Uh, I've I've been looking like Wendell. I've been looking around. I know that uh, Serve the Home uh, has been talking quite a bit about some of the overstated numbers, comparing as they did on stage this upcoming product. Uh, is it Grace? Have I got that right? Grace, yeah, yeah. They to, sort of overstated a bunch of things. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's it's pretty crazy that they are this close to as they were calling it like reinventing the data center where you can just go with uh, okay all right let's hear let's hear a more reasonable discussion about that <laughs> I, you know i mean first off i don't know i've i'm not got a hands on with with any of this stuff i have gotten a, a chance to play a lot with uh tesla and ai and large models that need 32 gigs of vram and blah 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 and all that's some fun and, and good and stuff nvidia is super excited about arm we get that honestly like the thing about gtc I think that some of the stuff they're doing in the software side is honestly a lot more exciting than the stuff that they really talked about at GTC. But I get that it would probably be hard to explain why some of the software stuff that they were doing is so cool because it seemed like there's there was like five or six like legit software breakthroughs. Like they figured that out and they can actually compute that in a reasonable amount of time. I mean, one of the things they mentioned was like um, being able to do like trillion parameter TensorFlow things. And Google was doing that. Like Google had a big thing about three months ago saying, oh my gosh, we did, we trained a trillion parameter neural network, blah, blah, blah. And of course there's no, there's no detail here. Nobody's gone hands on with this. Nobody, you know, how much of this is marketing fluff? Probably a lot of it, but in order for Google to do it, they had to basically do their own stuff at a foundry, build their own, like probably gen four tensor cores or whatever. I don't even remember from the Google presentation and you know, Google has done like the hardware and software engineering in order to be able to do that. NVIDIA, it seems like, has just repurposed the R&D engineering that they're already doing on the hardware side, and they're delivering the software side of it to do some of the AI part of it. Now, where ARM fits in is like at a very high level, if you just want to think about it, GPUs are amazingly good at processing information, but they're amazingly bad at things like branchy code. And so how much CPU do you need for branchy code versus how much code do you need that can run in something that's highly vectorized or something that's highly parallel where each little core is separate? I mean, we talked about eight and 16 cores in a CPU and it's kajillions of transistors, but a GPU is, you know, 1500 cores and also a kajillion number of transistors. But, you know, one core is not the same as another core. A regular compute core has fantastically complicated complicated machinery because you could go a whole bunch of different ways but in a gpu it's a relatively simple compute unit for what it does and so you, you're using arm as the processor there but the telling thing is that at the really high end nvidia is still using epic but they also have their arm which isn't bad and i don't want to take that away from them um because an arm cpu can do a reasonably good job 
for the things that don't really run well on a, on a GPU. And figuring all this out in software, Intel, with their whole one API thing, this is a large part of one API. They don't want to make the programmers suffer needlessly from having to learn 75 different software stacks. But NVIDIA has taken CUDA and basically it looks to me like beating Intel to the punch on one API for all of the integration and all this stuff. And they didn't really talk about it in those terms, but it looks like that's what the tooling that they have is, which is why it's exciting. If that makes sense. Well, I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad my video still is, is jacked. I turn it off and turn it on again, but anyway, um, play you know, more of this uh, between... keynote while you talk. Sorry. Yeah, there was there was a discussion between you know Patrick Moorhead, Patrick Kennedy, and uh, and uh, uh, Dave David. Uh, gosh dang it! Why is his name just escaping me? Cantor. Yep. Oh yeah. And uh, the you know the the, sure. the big deal yeah. with this. Is uh, well, I'd make fun of Patrick Moorhead, but you know, anyway, um, I'd like maybe a job one day in the future. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> terrible. Um, but but the aim is, you know, I mean, the meat of the processing is all the GPUs. I mean, yeah, those CPUs. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be doing work, but the aim is is the GPUs, and the aim there is to feed it with as much data as possible. And so if you look at, you know, kind of their diagrams there, you'll see that, you know, with the Epic processor, you've got, you know, four, um, four memory controllers, I believe, or four lanes. I can't remember exactly. Uh, no, no, four controllers. Yeah. And you still have a lot of um, bottlenecks just sitting there. In, in memory because you've got terabytes and terabytes of potential storage and you want to start feeding that to the GPU, but you know, you, you don't have terabytes per second of, of memory bandwidth. And this is one of the areas that arm uh, with their design of, of with, with NVIDIA and grace is really pushing. You've got these super wide uh, buses in between main memory and uh, the, the way they're doing the controllers, they didn't go into a lot of detail. But they're promising, you know, literally the, the terabytes per second when, you know, not only uh, with the main memory, a look in my face, uh, but also with uh, <laughs> with the with the HBM Wait, memory at, the, at, on those A100s. Uh, the link between A100s also means that instead of having, you know, 40 gigs or whatever per GPU and that's your local pool, your pool of eight GPUs that have 40 gigs each can basically be shared because you can move stuff at almost a terabyte per second between GPUs on their own private bus. Yeah, and so, I mean, IO and, and, and this yeah. sharing is is the big thing with this. And, I mean, they, they really don't care about, uh, you know, teraflops per second on, on their new CPUs or, you know, they're well, not anywhere close to that. But, I mean, the spec ant and, and that stuff, it's like... We don't care. I mean, we, we have a minimum amount that we want to do, but we want to shove all this stuff off to our A100s as fast as possible. And I mean, they're actually, you know, talking about using PCIe storage, uh, PCIe 4.0 storage for a lot of this stuff, uh, because you know what and uh, what are what are some of the backplate technologies and uh, current InfiniBand stuff like that 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 previously, uh, yeah. you know. They had talked about, you know, PCIe 4.0 for, you know, servers and enterprises, not that big of a deal. Well, 
it's kind of becoming a, a big deal uh, mm -hmm. with this kind of implementation and just, you know, how much flash is and how inexpensive it is and, and how quick uh, a lot of these new controllers are and everything in there that you can, you can just have an amazing amount of, of throughput uh, with the amount of lanes that they're throwing at this stuff. Well, even, even like what we were talking about with the consolidation of stuff in the data center, like the connection stuff between servers is going away in favor of just PCI express or things faster than PCI express. So it's like, oh, I'm going to connect my server to my other server with 10 gig Ethernet or 100 gig Ethernet or InfiniBand. No, just PCI Express. Everything else is too slow and has too much latency. We need 16, 32, 64 lanes of PCI Express connectivity between local machines because everything else is too slow. And this whole design bypasses all of that. So you can have a bunch of you know relatively uncomplicated Lego bricks that can do you know a terabyte per second, and you just stack those together with their own bus and we're not worried about coherency, so you know a lot of those kinds of problems go away, um, and you end up with a ridiculous, you know, real-time data processing thing that you just you couldn't do without on any other modern architecture. We like Lego bricks, and then you turned it into a software problem. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, now they're yeah, ray traced. I mean, okay, so on the on. The ray tracing side of things, DLSS, Jeremy. Uh, what is what did we learn at GTC for regular gamers out there outside of the data center? Anything well, exciting? Well, literally, they did have a company showing how they'd uh, done perfect Lego bricks with ray tracing, so that you could spec out your model before you even went and bought a brick. But <laughs> any surprise availability of graphics cards? Uh, you know what? Everyone wasn't expecting it, and everyone got what they were expecting. Perfect. They're, they did not have a whole bunch shoved in his oven that were suddenly going to be given out. Well, he reserves those for those huge DGX things, right? Yeah, where he tries to throw his back out by not lifting with mm -hmm. his knees. Yeah. Now, it's been, I mean, if you're on the dev side or the architecture side, like we've been talking about, then GTC has been amazing. There's been a lot of really nifty stuff come out. And just sort of bridge from the previous discussion to this is the Omniverse Inter Enterprise. They've been bringing up a whole bunch of different companies talking about this. And it's, you know, as a gamer, this is you, actually going to matter You mean the Matrix? Eventually. Well, I mean, um, yeah. Omniverse, it's the, the seed of, of the a, Matrix. It's a yeah, different verse. It was, that was the third verse. Hey, on the availability it's side, the I future. believe they predicted... Bad availability through most of the year. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but to be catching up, marketing speak, we don't anticipate it lasting much beyond the entire year. <laughs> I find it very gratifying that my relentless negativity about product availability has been absolutely validated. Because uh, at 2020, people were talking about, oh, 2020, it's almost over. Uh, yeah, 2021 is going to be worse. It's going to be just yeah, as bad, you know if not what? worse. And it's far worse. You're your attitude on this is totally justified. Yeah. So, thanks, right Brett. I got to find that edit point now. <laughs> Just I keep this family friendly. <laughs> um, <laughs> the don't worry though. Yeah. Look, Intel. Sample that, Soren. Intel, uh, Team Blue. Let's talk about Team Blue for a second because they're steamrolling oh, back to relevance. Yeah, steamrolling <laughs> back into relevance because I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there are very few cars being manufactured right now. 
A dollar chip that he talked about last week was actually holding up car production for like a display driver was like a 90 cent chip that they couldn't make enough of. So, you know, this is just problem is much bigger than buying a GPU. But Intel to the rescue because they can take advantage of their, you know, massive foundry space. To on really, chips. really on much larger uh, yeah. process oh, yeah. nodes than what do you think this will be like? Twenty two nanometer, 22. twenty two. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because I mean, most of these were twenty five to forty nanometers, if I remember correctly. So the twenty two was actually a step up. Uh, and the nice <laughs> thing is that they're saying, you know, within like six months, we might actually have some space if you can fork over the money that we can yeah. start putting out some of the basic chips that your car relies on. Be it, you know, the, the simple display driver, like I was talking about before, um, so that your heads-up display and that works, to to the chip that registers whether or not your power lock is set to on or not, or your intelligent braking. One of so the so it'll be interesting. Oh, uh, one of the one of the the people that I hang out with works in one of the things, and he has an amazing drunk rat rant on on this, and like there's a shortage of stuff. But one of the things that he was ranting about was like, we did it to ourselves because uh, he talked about how there's some, there's some like a, like a power transistor that's on like a 300, you know, nanometer process or whatever. I don't know. It's some ancient CMOS process. And he's like, we always ordered from this one supplier and it was the only one, they were the only one that still had the equipment and we stopped buying at the beginning of the, of the pandemic. And so they shut the equipment down and they just brought in other equipment. And then we were like, hey, we need to buy more. And they're like, uh, uh, I guess we'll set up that equipment again. And then nothing worked and they couldn't, you know, because they'd already reused the space because it was six months later. And he said that there were three or four components that were like that, that they were just so old. And one of the things they're worried about is they have an ASIC and they have some of the stuff for the ASIC. But like they, they can get fab space to have the ASIC made somewhere else but they don't have a design for the processes that are available. And so they're like, well, the original person that worked on this is gone. And we don't know if we have enough documentation for this ASIC to do what we want. So we're going to have to redesign this ASIC because it's like with the stuff, the masks or whatever that we have don't, don't really directly translate to the modern lithography process. And so he, he just had an amazing rant about, about that. And it's like that one aspect of automotive technology, at least my friends thought was that it was a self-inflicted wound because they just weren't doing their, their maintenance the whole way. And when they were just like, Oh yeah, just in time manufacturing is amazing. We're just not going to order some stuff this week. And then their suppliers were like, okay, sounds good. They moved on to more profitable things. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the butterfly effect. The old old pot systems. Like like our basic telephone infrastructure infrastructure is falling apart because the, the tech, the, the techs that worked on it were very jealous about their knowledge and wouldn't bloody well share it or what parts actually needed and the, the specifications of what replacement parts go in. And of course there was the book locked up in the cage. And so now of course the, the actual basic infrastructure of it is falling apart because no one knows what the hell they're doing and no one knows where to source the parts when things break. So we just get the pretty ass new stuff. Or, or where the spec was wrong and where experience work- said, yeah, do this. Oh, yeah, the workarounds, the un- yeah. undocumented workarounds. Yeah. That no, two millimeter piece of copper actually is what you want here. Exactly. The spec <laughs> says nothing goes here. Trust me. Two millimeter piece of copper is what you need. <laughs> yep. 
Hey, uh, power this, is apparently this one, one last thing though, is yes. that, uh, it, this sets up Intel to be the good guy. Secondly, I think as Josh was saying before he blacked out <laughs> literally, uh, was that this is, <laughs> this is putting them in a position to say, Hey, we've got fab space for everybody. Come on in. So, you know, they're building that fab and what is it? Texas or Arizona, right? I don't remember Arizona. Arizona. right down in the yeah, Arizona. Arizona, you know, where and there's a lot already- of water. Yes. Yeah, yes. Well, they can truck it in. Don't worry. That's the Forget trend now. You truck it. in water. Oh. There's going to be a run on water trucks like there was in Taiwan. But anyway, the point is, is that this sets up their their position to be a, a a fab of if you need us, we'll be here for you kind of thing. You know, they're looking to sell their capacity. They've already said that they're going to be a good guy. Well, it's in this been space huge. Yeah. Right, they've been so, talking that up for the last couple of months. It's like, no, we've got yes, fat. You exactly. want to they, invest in our they, fats. they still have more clean room than anybody else in the world. Oh, there you go. They just do. Except the so, one Alan got into. Well, because any place Alan goes it, is it was dirty. clean. That's yeah, what yeah. I, I mean, meant. Exactly what I meant. There's they made him put on a bunny everywhere. suit. He probably had to shower down beforehand. It's not gelato. He's just it's excited. Cream to be there. Yeah, he's a very hairy man. He's very hairy. Well, not on top. I will say that <laughs> none of these Sorry. issues they've had happened until Alan had visited the facility. That's all I'm saying. Like mm. maybe something he did ten years ago created mm. a chain reaction. That's mm. why they hired him is to fix it, eh? It could be. Yeah. I mean, maybe just on the storage side. But hey, speaking we of keep foundries, talking about him enough. He'll speaking be in of the sixth people square. wearing bunny suits, did you know there was a power outage at TSMC? The unthinkable TSMC who makes. Everything. Most of Every, the things that we use. Every. Yeah. They had a power outage. Uh, yep. Apparently, it's been restored. But any kind but to, of power outage on any line is not good when everything's already backed up. There are to, many to Wendell's point, wafers in we power outages. So, it's, it's so delicate. A backhoe took out TSMC <laughs> and ruined a as single backhoe. Oh. Yeah. Millions of, probably more, millions of dollars worth of, of in-flight wafers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want so more there'll details. Be fine, uh, there'll be a fine against them to re- uh, compete against the one just levied by Egypt against the owners of the Everclear. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's yeah. funny, though. Billion dollar? <laughs> yeah. It's funny until that, that thing that you desperately need is unavailable for months. Right. Let's take a short break. Podcast sponsor break number two. Ah, springtime makes you want to get outside and see the world again, especially after being at home for so long now. I know that I'm looking forward to seeing family members living in other far-flung states very soon. In my case, I'll be flying because California is not conveniently located next to Virginia. I want to make my traveling experience as fast, safe, and easy as possible, so I'll be using Clear and their secure identity platform to make that experience as frictionless as I can. Using Clear can help you move through security with speed and confidence. It's easy to sign up for Clear using a quick one-time enrollment with your government-issued ID. Afterwards, you can simply use, well, you and your pretty face for touchless entry at airports, stadiums, and more. In my case, it'll be my devilishly handsome face, of course. It's easy to sign up by creating your account online. First, head over to clearme.com slash pcper to get started and get your first two months free. They even have friendly ambassadors to help you finish the process so you can start using Clear right away. Over 5.5 million people are using Clear today for faster, touchless, and seamless entry to airports, stadiums, concert spaces, offices, restaurants, and more. You can take advantage of their discounted friends and family plans with kids under 18 even being free. So restart your traveling selves using Clear to help you get back to what you love faster. 
Use our link at clearme.com slash pcper. That's C-L-E-A-R-M-E dot com slash pcper. Use our code pcper for your first two months free. So check out Clear and start traveling again. We're back. Uh, quickly, let's talk about Be Quiet with their new PSU lineup. This is Wait, the... how can, I, it always confuses me how you can talk about Be Quiet. You can talk about being quiet. That's like... Don't move. Get get on the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, look. Uh, it's show and tell time. It is. Okay. What does he have? Actually, I got this today. Oh, the pro. Yep. This is a dark. Gods. I know. I went and, I went and weighed That's it. That's a kilowatt. All right. <laughs> I went and weighed it. This weighs uh, 15 pounds, or for those of you in metric, <laughs> it's 0. .0068 metric tons. Mm. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. That's incredibly rare. Yep. It's a PSU of over 1,000 watts that, that is, exists. Yep. 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 <clears throat> Probably like 500. So we're going to do an opening on this later. Okay. Live hey, there you go. Yep. Um, so this is uh, incredibly rare. This is for our testing procedures. Uh, okay. So I can see how that works. They're not so actually the one floor. of the announced power supplies, though, because they're they're more on the budget side than the pro. This is the yeah. Pure Power 11 FM. And they have new SFX PSUs, right? That's true. So, oh, no, it's the TFX. Oh, TF what is to. TFX? So a TFX is about 6.9 by 3.3 by 2.6 inches. Mm. If you're having trouble figuring that out, it is slightly smaller than three whiskey Bibles. Hold on. Let me, let me go back. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it is slightly smaller than three whiskey bibles that why do you so have they're, they're, three because there's a new one every not. year okay no, actually, right. and i haven't bought them in a while because I've, I've got enough of them that i've learned the lingo and mm. that one i bought in scotland on a ferry off to Ela. so i mean tfx that's sort of the best one i will ever get but you know i was looking for something to sort of explain because it, it's it's smaller than like a george rr R. martin paperback and it's for your, your tiny little systems. And the nice thing about be quiet with the exclamation mark is that uh, these things run under 30 decibels. Uh, there's two TFX. Uh, there's, a, there's a bronze and a... Or sorry, no, the, the TFX is the one that's bang out. It's about 29 uh, decibels running at 100%. But if it backs off because small systems are sort of designed to be, you know, quiet, at standby, it draws 0 0.17 watts which is just you know brilliant for a 300 watt psu uh the how SFX many metric tons is that I, it's different unit of measure slightly okay, more sorry. than zero <laughs> so these are zero 300, 300 watt power zero. supplies yes for the tfx so the, the bronze is a little bit quieter a little bit louder the gold is significantly quieter you've got the sfx cool. uh again if you want it uh, in 300 with a little bit more. And then, of course, the, the Pure Power 11s, which are more likely the ones you're going to buy, which are the full-sized uh, ATX with 120 millimeter fans. And at 100% low, the 750-watt model was 24.8 dBA. Ooh. Your case fans are probably going to compete with that. If you could ever buy a video card one day, it would definitely drown them out. So, you know, it's... Nice. The, the prices are a little bit 
on the high side, at least from my feelings. Uh, like a 750 watt for 115 bucks is, you know, you're paying for how quiet it is. And in, in a way, that's fair. Especially since you can probably actually buy them. Hey, speaking of things you can buy, we keep on pointing this out. You can buy CPU coolers. You can buy GPU coolers for a 3080 if you want to go, you know, the liquid cooling route. You just can't actually buy the GPU. But you can get the water block for it. But you can also buy... And light it up. Keep it on your desk. Yeah, it's keep it on your desk as a decoration. Yeah. You can buy coolers, CPU coolers. I don't know, Wendell, have you played around with one of these huge yes. ice giant the things? The ice giant pro I thought siphon? I saw a build yes. in your massive this Define 7 XL. This thing is crazy. Yeah, I have I never just, seen uh, this until this review. Yeah, 64-core Threadripper desktop edition. I just built it. I was not expecting it to do as well as it did. See, because... With the thermosiphon, they actually work better when all the heat is not concentrated in one little area. So, like, for a 5950X, it's like, eh. But for a Threadripper, because you get the I.O. die and all the chiplets spread all over everywhere. It, That's what it I was gives thinking. A, yeah, my 360, I had a 360mm AIO, but I needed it for Threadripper Pro because I'm testing Threadripper Pro. And so I got one of this for my regular 64-core Threadripper, and... It can run it with PBO and it's no sweat. Like it just doesn't even care. So this thing competes with a 360 millimeter AIO, and it like I'm actually kind of shocked at how well it performs. It is it is it is shocking that Did it works. Did you slap as well all four does. fans on? Yes, all four fans okay, are good. on. You have to, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, so pretty does, much. This, does this have any kind of like a vapor chamber? Is it just heat pipes and a radiator? It, it's not it, heat it's, pipes. Yeah, it's uh, okay. it's a fluid with a low boiling point, and okay. so that's why it has to be oriented a certain way. And a desktop configuration yeah. anyway is fine because gravity is going to pull the liquid back down. But it's it's slightly asymmetrical, so you have to the radiator has to sit a little above the cold plate so that the fluid can run back down. See, normally you're you're relying on you know mm. capillary action, not really, but like the the centering to like pull stuff back down. But when you've got the liquid and the phase change thing going on. It's a uh, it's a dramatic world of difference when it comes to the yeah. cooling capacity. Right, it's like an old style fridge. Yeah, yeah. And if you bump it, it's going to get upset, just like your old fridge. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of want to play with that. <laughs> Once that looks, it just looks amazing. It's it's like yeah, the size of two really well. graphics cards uh, in a fractal case. If you move, because you can move that little metal thing to to like hide your hide your sins. In the yeah. front there, yeah, uh, it it fits there perfectly, and so like it, I don't know, it just works out really well. You can't change the RAM easily, and it it like you have to put the fans on after installing it. So if you want to take it out to, to do your RAM, you got to take out eight screws for the fans and then two screws for the heatsink. Is the most annoying thing about it, but oh. uh, yeah, uh, five hundred watts in a sixty four core Threadripper running at like three point nine gigahertz all core. It's no sweat, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the sure setup. I mean, it's just case in the top, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's well, open? Uh, yeah, that one's open in the top because it's the meshify. But, but yeah, I you know I may move the top two fans to the very top of the case to exhaust it. I think that would probably help it. But in this configuration, it was it was working shockingly well. Wait, do you, you have, have the that keyboard s- up top? Is, is this it really doing wonders well, for airflow? Is it venting out the top? Well, at that, all? that was this keyboard. So yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. But that was that was just for Twitter. That this was laying up there. This is the Model M. This this oh, it wasn't there thing. very long because here it is. So 
Is that the it's new nice. one or is that a vintage that you've restored? No, this is the new one. The one back there. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, that one. That one's the original one. And then there's a Japanese one, a Japanese model in there because Model M's didn't have Windows keys and stuff, but the Japanese oh. version had a lot of extra keys and you could remap those. But this is the new version. That sounds great. Yeah, how's the new tooling? Is it is smooth key travel, any kind of play? No, it doesn't uh, look it's, great it, somehow. It, it, well, it's slightly more narrow, so it's like oh, for sure, six six millimeters more narrow. It's not a lot. It's just a, it's just a little thinner on the edges. They put the numlock and scroll lock lights up here, which is sort of odd. They went with uh, USB Type A, which is they did that for mechanical reasons, I'm sure. But um, it's like a locking Type A connector. There's a release clamp, hmm. but it's A to A, which is sort of it's like I have a, a USB A cable. I, I believe that's that's against the spec. I don't believe you can. You're actually supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah, but they they've no doubt done that because it's the Type A <laughs> connector is mechanically stronger than a Type B connector, which is really mm, dumb yeah. on the part of the spec. Um, the keyboard is the only thing that doesn't feel like. I mean, I've, I'm a vintage Model M user. And they've done a good job. The key, the space bar doesn't feel quite right, but it's not annoying. Okay. Not enough of a thunk. Is that what it is? Uh, it feels... The, the, the regular keys, back, isn't it? Yeah, the regular keys feel sharper somehow, and the, the space bar feels uh, slower. Mm. Now, if you can find it's one like of the old vintage keyboard cons for it. Put that oh, on it. it might feel. The keyboard condoms. You must have known oh, someone yeah. who plastic wrapped it yeah. like furniture. Yeah. I, I have I two someone. or three Model M's that have never been opened. So just saving those for a special day. Hold on. Logging back in. It logged me out of my What were you saying, Josh? Session. Well, Sebastian's doing something. Yeah. Oh, it was... Uh, uh, yeah, but it, it looks like—is there just one switch right directly underneath the uh, the space bar? Because you know you hit a side the side of the space bar, and it you know it's it's going to wobble, Wobbles. and it doesn't have a straight you know. Thank goodness! Oh for- God! Look at what he's doing! <laughs> no, it's got no. Two that's right. Three. That's right. Okay. It's got one. It's got one switch. Yeah, it's, just, mm. it's just the one. Uh, the there's a, there is and it's not even optional. centered. Yeah, no. Well, no. Oh, we do have the it's metal bar, centered. though. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not centered. The metal bar is that right. Helps. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's that, there's one. your problem. That's you can wrong. fix that. So, not very easily. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the Model F, too. I splurged and got the uh, Model F reproduction. Now, that is a keyboard. Hmm. It might have been the grease Better? after all. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you lovingly lubricate fixed it. each of those key switches? <laughs> oh, here we go. He's going back to the shelf. Ah, the real deal. Uh, yeah, it. here we go. Let's listen the to this. The old school one. Oh, yeah. See, so you can definitely... Yeah, it's, it's, like, yeah, it's definitely... Yeah. This, is, this may be mass-related, though, because the mass of this keyboard is about twice the mass of that one. But fewer keys. But in terms of the tooling and stuff, I mean, you can kind of see on the back. It's easier to see on that one because it's black. But you can see all the injection marks from where all the 
where all the stuff is. This one is uh, Vintage 88. So this is one of the, the more recent Space Saver model ends. And this one is number 265. So uh, you can kind of see the tool marks in roughly the same place. Mm. It's definitely yep. a new mold. But that I didn't really change much as far as I can tell. I mean, Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. fine. Yeah, they're 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 well made. Oh, it's they're funny. It's, it's such a tiny made. difference, but it's visually just immediate. The amount of yeah. time that I spent on those keyboards. Yeah. Plus, the black will always yeah. look a little bit smaller, I think, in comparison to the, the off white. It's an optical illusion. It is. He, he broke it. I lost the keycap. This one. This one is the, the removable keycaps, so you, it's like a two-stage kind of a deal. So you have you're taking the cap off, but the key's still there. And the other one is, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. is yeah. it's just the one piece. So. That was so you could swap them around for your friends. <laughs> <laughs> More mass. It's, it's like yeah. a double shot. It's you a two-stage. Yeah. He's got to try to find it. This is my daily driver forever, just so I can have more Meta keys. <laughs> these are all it's like these are not windows keys they're just japanese but this one is uh this one's from like 92 give or take so i just wanted you know more keys this was the only option before the before the retooling i guess so you have to have buckling spring and can't live without buckling buckling spring but you also need more keys so that was that was a quick fix is there any, in your opinion, Wendell, because you're t on the subject, is there any mechanical key switch currently produced oh by Cherry God. or anybody Here that's we go. relatively close to the tactile experience? Of, or no, not even close. I mean, it's a lot of the Cherry key, Cherry switches are not bad. It's just different. So, yeah. Okay. So nothing's really the same. Anybody out there who has never used a Buckling Spring keyboard? They won't really understand, I guess. Because it's, it's not just about the clickiness or a tactile feeling. It's the overall, the weight, the springiness, the, it's like the recoil. The Yeah, the, the reds. Is it reds, I think, that are vaguely close? Yeah, depending on implementation, I've, I've used some reds that were almost a little bit like it. But it, it has to be like PBT double shot keycaps and a, a stiff housing and just the right... Because those are linear, like 45 gram actuation. Yeah. Yeah, they don't actuate until you get the click either. Well, so. well, the blues. Blues don't actuate until I, you I get don't the think, click. I don't think people really realize how annoying it was to be in a computer lab with <laughs> 20 teenagers <laughs> typing on those damn things. I mean, it was... Here I am in 1986, my freshman year, yeah. going into a computer lab, and we got all IBM PCs, and everybody's got those damn keyboards. <laughs> Who cares about everybody else? Just well, put let on me your tell you, it's a lot of fun on conference calls. Wait, you guys yeah. all had your own computer? I mean, we all had Tektronix stuff. Stop it. Vax eleven seven eighty five. This is my freshman Running year. This is, pretty, this is pretty late. Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on. I grew up with a bionic beaver, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> Complain about Icon for me. 
you know the Alps keyboards? Those those are still around yep. too. So those have a unique feel. I was reminded of them a couple weeks ago. I had to take apart part of my center console because my uh, wife and son conspired to spill an entire McDonald's chocolate milk down into it. <laughs> and all the controls for the radio and navigation and stuff were destroyed. And I'm taking it all apart. And these are Alps switches in the buttons to switch between navigation, music. Like, oh, nice. All that stuff was made by Alps and covered in chocolate milk. Hmm. But it cleans. Just put it in the dishwasher. It'll be fine. I washed it in the sink by hand with Dawn and paper towels. And it actually worked after I dried it all out and put it back together again. Uh, To round out our topics on the list, Jeremy, what what is Gord? Please. What is this? Uh, It is a wooden settlement populated by free men. Okay. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, it's 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 too <laughs> subtle for this crowd, apparently. Yes. <laughs> uh, you, you'll, you'll eventually get it. The joke doesn't have that much of a half-life, though. So this is, mm. you know, what if... Well, that we kind of doing... free man. I... Yeah. Oh. Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I could have made the Dune joke, but that's been, you know... Oh. Delayed. Yeah, I know. I sometimes I am disappointed in my fans. Mostly not though. Uh, so it's you know, Frostpunk went for city builder, but you know, in a really horrible place where everyone's gonna freeze to death. This is city builder, but let's say it's like Dark Souls or Blood Rain. And so you pick a, a group of people that are going to try and live in here. It's an RPG, so you don't get a bloody hero or the chosen one. You just have a bunch of people living in this little boxed off area, this little wooden area, trying to survive. And any time that they wander out into the uh, great unknown, they run into horrible mythological creatures, which, you know, of course, are trying to eat them as well as whatever it is that they were hoping to get out there, be it wood or food or, you know, just trying to bloody well survive a trip out to get some berries. So it looks kind of interesting and a little bit horrifying. There's only just this one launch video. That's literally all we've got. It's uh, from uh, one of the former guys that used to work for CD Projekt Red before it went interesting. (laughs) So I look at it and I think it could be interesting. It could also be horribly implemented. Uh, they're, They're talking about setting up your own objectives so you can choose which monsters are going to be out there, which area you're going to be in, in uh, like, do you want to be in the black forest? Do you want to be in the black forest with ocean? Do you want to be in the black forest with lake? So keep an eye on it. It could well be very interesting uh, for those of you that like darkest dungeon, uh, the Cthulhu stuff, dark souls, and you know, just your average city builder. You know, fingers crossed. This one might be interesting. Just might not be. Well, on that note. Fingers crossed. Yes. Hey, we've actually reached nearly the end point. Brett, we do have one feature review from you this week. Corsair. I I feel like just last week they had a new keyboard, and now they have another. (sighs) 
new keyboard. Man, I am just killing it with keyboards. So this is the uh, the K70 TKL, which is obviously 10 keyless. Wait, let me just get a little bit further away here so you can actually see those white keycaps. I actually got a set of uh, of keycaps from him uh, to give it a makeover. Um, it does not come with white keycaps, but I thought I would uh, give them a try and uh, pull them all off and uh, went with the white. I kind of like it. It's a little different than your standard black uh, black look. Full RGB, of course. Uh, there's a, a system on a chip in this now, and uh, Corsair is um, is embedding this uh, this SOC on here with their own operating system, a real time OS for increased uh, response and programmability. It's got its own RAM, own memory for different uh, patterns and different macros and uh, different um, applications that you might want to program into this. As I was trying to show earlier, let me just pull a few of these off here. Obviously, I used the the uh, the dampening ring underneath these when I uh, pull all the keycaps off. I, I would actually prefer them without the dampening ring. I'll, I'll play a little keyboard music on this later. But as you can see, these are uh, cherry reds. Very nice linear switch. I uh, I like. Um, they're fast. This keyboard's fast. Not a lot of thunk to it, but it's a solid deck. This is uh, an aluminum. Uh, top, uh, plastic bottom, very little flex, uh, stands, of course, uh, for standard, you know, liftoff and all that. USB-C, back here, uh, transport controls on the keyboard for videos and and uh, and audio and things like that. Roller volume, infinite roller volume that uh, just continues to roll over. Um, the additional transport controls on the other side. Uh, Windows lockout and um, a what they call a sort of a gaming lockout on the back. I don't know if you can see this over here. There's a switch here that sort of sets this thing into a different mode. I, you can't really tell that it just changed color because I was competition it mode. They call it competition mode. Exactly. What yeah. it does is it uh, locks out all of the macros, locks out the return to Windows key. Um, I believe it increases a certain response time. So you can even lock out. Let me flip this up. Demonstrate so it's right the blame your tool here. mode. It is actually. I actually mentioned this in the uh, in the review, saying, you know what, any sucky gameplay of mine can no longer be blamed on the response time of my my keyboard. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to actually uh, transition to this keyboard on a gaming uh, PC that uh, I'm going to finish building at some point. I liked it that much. I like the uh, the 10 keyless form factor for the amount of space it doesn't take up on your desk. I really like the linear Cherry MX Reds on here. It's my kind of key. Very, like I said, linear. Um, let me play a little keyboard music here for you if it comes through. It's it's working at all. Working? Yes? No? It is better than last week, yes. It's got a, it's got a no. bit of a thunkiness to it, but it's a... It's a little muted because of the dampening rings that I use. Like I said, my personal preference would be to rekey this uh, without the dampening rings, but it's kind of going to be kind of a pain to pull them all off and pull the rings off them because they get, you know, they're jammed up, uh, you know, under the stems right now, and I got to go in and dig them all out of there. If you can see the rings, there's these little. You probably can't focus on that; it's too close. Anyway, there's a, a small silicon dampening ring that you put around the uh, stem, and that sort of mutes this. This is not a loud keyboard. Not they're mechanical, of course, but not a, a particularly loud switch. Um, I really like this one. I'm going to use it. 
gonna, What's the I'm actual gonna, switch the name? Stable. Is it just Cherry it's Red cherry, or is it, it Cherry... Cherry Reds. Silence? Cherry reds. Yep. Or, okay. No, these are not the Silence. There's okay. a Cherry Red Silent that's not these. Okay. Um, these are just the standard Cherry MX Reds. And um, yeah, no problems at all. And again, this has got a, a Corsair's SOC in it with their, what they're calling their Axon, A-X-O-N, real-time operating system for increased response and programmability. I got to say, it actually is working for them. Um, I, you got to kind of get along with uh, their, their host software, IQ. If you can get your way through that, you can sort of you know, get it mapped out and program it. And as long as you can deal with that, it's fine. I also reviewed this, uh, this mouse at the same time. Let me see if I can pull this out of this tangle of keys on my desk without flipping away from all my software. So this is a reasonable mouse. Uh, I, I, am, I don't like the bulk of it for, for gaming purposes. It's just a little bit too big. Um, uh, mm. DPI switch on the side there. I, I actually would like it a little bit more contoured. This is very um, orthogonal, meaning it's kind of like the same shape. Very similar shape on both sides. I like a little more concavity. So it's symmetrical. Uh, you know, on this. Is it, is it, it is ambidextrous? First, it's symmetrical. No, it's but not. It's, only it's, it's, right it's just right ever right. so slightly. It's it's right-handed. It's for right-handed okay. people. I see that, yeah. But this is not one of my not one of my favorites, although it's very clicky. I, if I Let me just move someplace where I'm not going to end up you know, clicking on something bizarre. Okay, so it's very clicky. I don't know if that's coming through or not. It, the clicking motion is is very very fast. It's using their like zero uptake technology inside of this, which means they've reduced all of the dead space inside here between the switch. Yeah, exactly, zero gap. Very fast, uh, relatively light. Only like I think 70, uh, 73, 74 grams. Uh, there's lighter mice, you know, with with holes drilled in them and such. But um, I, I kind of like the Qatar mouse, which is actually cheaper than this one, um, as a speedy and it's a little bit more shaped, a little bit lower profile. It's just my personal preference. But this is a very good mouse from a response center. It's the chip in it is the, oh, I think it's uh, 3392. Does that sound right? It sounds like a chip. Yeah, well, yep. it's it's got up to like 18,000 DPI or something. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. yeah. We all need number. that, yes. No, Pixar yeah. put out and, a lot of sensors recently. Yes, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's just way, that DPI is just way too high, you know, unless you're doing ex- mouse, ridiculous mouse acceleration. You got to turn all that stuff on off for precision. But what I do enjoy about IQ and mice recently is the surface tuning. And I made mention of this in the review. Is that I actually discovered it makes a difference. I was, oh, yeah. I was, was not really mm-hmm. gelling with this mouse at first. And I had moved it from different, different computers, different desks, different surfaces. And the IQ software does interface nicely with the mouse pickup and the optical pickup and really does tune it to the surface and the pattern that you have on whatever you're, you know, sliding it around on. And it makes a big difference actually do, um, you know, if you haven't done it, definitely do this. Um, and it's much appreciated. So thanks for that. It it also actually incorporates a, uh, one of their SOCs and real time operating system. um, Yes. Environments. Well, that's how you get the 8,000 Hertz polling rate. That That's so actually desired. a good point. You actually don't get to get that high polling rate on your run-of-the-mill CPU. You actually do need a significant, you know, lead no. provision CPU in order to get that polling rate across USB. It, it but just at least it's happen. not a half-assed USB hack. 
it's from what it's I read, not. this one is actually full on. It's for real. It's for real, and they really mean it. Uh, that you do need a reasonably provisioned uh, PC in order to or, or Mac. So, it works Brett, well. how was the experience when you were screwing yeah. around on your Hackintosh with this thing? Or was did you it actually use great. a real PC to to review this? Both. Okay. Oh, okay. Did you take it to and the I center? Say, yeah. I want to <laughs> no. We can we can talk about that in a minute. No, I want to no, say no, that all don't. the transport controls and IQ and everything worked great on my Macintosh as yeah, well brother. as my, okay. my Windows machine. I know you love it. Accepted that it had your more M1 than one button. Did it work on your M1 Macintosh? I do not have an M1 yet. Although, Why not? just to answer a question that somebody asked in the Discord the other day, the reason I bought an Intel 10850 yeah, is because it is the last CPU that'll be supported for Macs. Of course, With, there had to be a reason. Yeah, yeah that was the reason. Yeah. Somebody guessed that, and that's actually true. Oh, yeah. it'll be the last 2030 when they uh, suddenly support nah. switch over to Power 12. Nah, I mean my next, my after that one, this will probably last me like three or four plus years, and then I'll probably have to buy some sort of M variant in order to stay with Apple. You know, I saw an an yeah. advertorial about Parallels running on the M1 Max now, and it does work. I was like, oh wow, okay, yep. so it's like the old virtual PC days. Apparently, it's just the Windows on ARM variant, though. Oh. That doesn't so, sound good. No. They're like, run many apps, including Office. And they're like, yeah, of course. Like the, mm. the select apps that run on Windows on yeah. ARM. Yeah. Okay. No, so I wonder what x86 like emulation is like on an M1 for Windows in a VM. Have you ever slid down a banister the wrong way? <laughs> oh, so it's fast, is what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> anyway, a little bit anyway, painful. No. <laughs> oh, so um, one of the final things on the, on, they actually did some measurements, uh, NVIDIA. Actually, um, you know their their sort of response time mechanism that you that they that kit that they came out with that allowed you to uh, put a, a sensor on the screen and mm-hmm. put something on the USB and they actually discovered that this mouse was one of the fastest, if not the fastest, uh, mice uh, available. So that's an interesting claim hey. to fame for it being so new. Seriously, so if you're if you're a serious gamer, you probably want to look in this these Axon equipped Corsair uh, peripherals. Excellent. Take, give them a close look, and, and they're not a, stupidly expensive either. Mm, no, they're they're actually pricing like on the mouse. Yeah. Uh, I th- let me scroll up here real quick. I think the mouse was about sixty nine. Let me check on that. Let me check. Okay. Yeah, it was about mouse. seventy seventy five bucks. I think. Mouse was fifty nine. Mm. I heard that, and the uh, keyboard was nice. one was one forty one thirty nine on the keyboard. 139? Okay. Well, yeah, you're paying yeah. for the aluminum top panel and. Well, what you're paying for is individual key by key RGB, man. Well, that's just Jeremy knows. Place, though. Jeremy just, knows. That's it's just not built common. Into it is key per it's key lighting. Like, the keyboard that I reviewed last week had three zone. That's because you were reviewing an Office keyboard. keyboard. It was a, a the G zone. Well, the, that's because right. Josh knows. Yeah. The, the cherry keys, the, the RGB there, variant of the cherry key is individually lit. You're, you're absolutely right. Because, let's, this, let's, because let's, the last ones were rubber dome. These are real cherry MX RGB keys. So, yeah, obviously, per key RGB. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's cut this short. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of Wendell's time this evening. Give me three things yeah. of nail polish in 20 minutes, we, and I can have per key RGB too. Speaking of per <laughs> uh Josh has enhanced his look lately, except for this week when he went back he in pressed, time. To the twenty four hundred baud era, but Josh, <laughs> kick off picks of the week for us. You know what? If if you need a quick and inexpensive lighting solution that actually works for thirty six bucks, you get like a stinking sixty inch stand, twelve inch ring light, 
Uh, it's it it's got you know the control. It's USB powered. Uh, color. You can adjust the and, uh, the, the temperature and intensity. Oh. Yes. Yeah, and you, you should. Got three settings. And you should. And I did because this is the uh, this is the warmest, and I'll tell you that white is pretty. Uh, well, do you want to see it? Yeah, let's let's see the live yes. demonstration. Let's, yeah, you let's know. see the three different modes. See, that's that's really. So there's there's warm. That's there's natural. White, Looks natural. A little cold. And then the bluish white. Mm. Yeah, and the warmest mm. is obviously the nicest yeah. for my skin tone. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know it's it's not going to be sixty four thousand tones, but it works and it's inexpensive and it comes with a reasonable stand that's fairly firm and attachments for cell phone if you do such a thing. But you know it's just a a decent ring light for only thirty six bucks. So have you started posting videos to TikTok yet or no, I have not. Okay. I thought when you could see the ring in your eyes or your glasses, I thought that automatically meant that you were like a TikTok broadcaster. Well, I do my duck lips and get close to the (laughs) showing his age here. That's so passe now. Uh, If you're not up and dancing, it's all about dancing and lip syncing. That's what it it is. is. Wendell Wendell knows. Yeah. I mean, look, it's at that at some point it's just a source of income. (laughs) It's keyboard music. (laughs) All right. um, Who's next? Jeremy. Yeah. Your pick. Well, I'll get up and dance. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I have a real chair now. You, get a, you got a new chair? And I've got a good source for them if you're Canadian. I've also lost my earplugs. So I can't hear a thing you're saying yet. We're not uh, saying anything. Uh, We're not saying anything. Well, that's too bad. Oh. You had your chance. So this is a company that because for some, you know, strange reason, a lot of companies are getting rid of their office furniture and doing so in a professional manner so that you can sort of get it, your hands on it. So this in particular is a uh, Han Ignite 2.0, which up in Canada usually retails for between 800 to 1,000 bucks. It's not one of your human scale chairs. It's not one of your Aaron chairs that, you know, the, the management likes to, oh no, we, you've only got 200 bucks for the server, but because we spent everything on the $2,500 chairs that we're buying for everyone. <laughs> this was 400 bucks free shipping right to my door. So the, the company that uh, does this, which, ah, apparently I've got. Oh, what are you doing? Uh, hey there. On my they ship bar. to the USA. Yeah. Yes, they do. And if you check your US prices, the, the prices vary depending on the time, because if they get a big shipment in of uh, stuff, the prices obviously go down. And as far as I know, the shipping to the U.S. is free as well. Uh, you can get some seriously nice ergonomic chairs for about half the price you'd normally pay for them. And that are occasionally on sale at various other places. But when you add in the shipping, you know, they, they're going to charge you 100 bucks because the chair is not easy to ship. 
I know that it's cool to buy the gaming chair with a headrest and everything, but they're horrible for your back. And you know, at this point, mine's barely hanging on by a thread. So I need, I, I need something good. So for the Han, I would say, you know, it it does feel like it's the lower end of the high end chairs, but it does everything I need it to. And the price was brilliant. And this cushion, I, I swear they've shoved about 15 pounds worth of foam into it. It's it's going to last a little while. Not very long. I, the kittens already chewed a hole in one of the arms, but... Oh, no. Well, what do you do? They're kittens. I struggle to bring anything nice into the home if I had young animals. Or young children, really, for that matter. I was going to say, what's the difference? You're being redundant there. Brett, I think you have a pick. I do. This is a pretty simple one. Um, I'm actually building uh, one of my first uh, open, you know, design it myself, water cooling environments. That's not like an AIO or anything like that. So I thought this particular device was really, really pretty cool. It is an inline water temperature sensor for only 15 bucks. And you can um, plug this into one of the temperature sensor inputs on, uh, I guess, higher end motherboards. A lot of them uh, have that sort of thing and they Many of them come with a um, temperature probe. But yeah, you can plug this right in and get a nice real-time feed off of that. But more importantly, you can set your fan profile to react of the temperature of your uh, your liquid, which is way more accurate and less rampy, quick ramping up and down than trying to map your fan profiles against uh, like a CPU temp, which is likely to rapidly oscillate. Um, and Especially on Intel, drive right? Your fans, no, exactly. And can drive your fans crazy, you know, ramping up and down. And who needs that? You know, go ramp it, uh, map your fans to the water temperature and against something a little bit more realistic. So this is a cool little device. I've seen ones that go in end caps. Mm, you know, yeah. that's fairly yep. common. Yes. Yeah. But this is the first one I've seen that's an inline one that's that's very small and tidy like this. So thought I would use this. Cool. Ing. Yes, cooling. Cool. Ing. Mm. What's Wendell's pick? Hey, I don't think he made one. I look. I, I if I don't have one either, don't worry. <laughs> I'm just. Oh, I'm I just shocked. grabbed my uh, the closest Enterprise to hand. This is one that was probably treated the best, but it's it it's taste? missing the main deflector dish and one of whatever these are. And but otherwise, sure hey, that was in the Boussard Ram scoop. No, that's that was Enterprise D. Oh no, and the batteries apparently are dead. Oh no, no phrases, no Shatner phrases. Oh, Shatner, I am disappointed. Oh, how do I get off of my camera here? Uh, there we go. That's oh no, oh, okay. What does Wendell have? What does Wendell have? That's your oh, what's he? Oh, oh, oh the rover. Oh, it's nice. the Lego rover. So it's and it's got you know the working uh, the RT the working like very articulating wheels yeah I don't know it's just random desk crap it's on my desk we all have it uh, I mean that's yes oh gosh yes I have a um a Jacob Degrom uh action figure here not action figure, whatever these things are commemorative figure yeah. But look, it's an action pose. He's throwing a pitch. Uh, I think yeah, that's it. Yeah, but it's it. going to be a ball. <laughs> this uh, this podcast mercifully draws to a close. Yeah. Hey, it was. I thought the energy level was really great until it tapered off. But hey, uh, it was good. Yeah. 
Wendell brought some energy and a new perspective. We can take it up a notch, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, a little <laughs> bit more uh, intelligent discourse than usual as I spotted a fly or possibly just a little bit of dust flying by. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us, Wendell, especially yeah, on thanks, such Wendell. short notice. Thanks, yeah. for, thanks for having yeah. me. It's It was fun. It's fun distraction. He's like, hey, I'll so do it. Cool. I'm like, really? Okay. I mean, it's really short notice. <laughs> He's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, all right, point yeah. a camera at yourself. Let's go. Do I have anything the ride of a do? lifetime? No. no, you didn't have a choice. <laughs> I think anybody watching probably knows Wendell and Level One Text, but definitely check out his channel. There's a lot of video content, mm, something that we lots. need to right do now, more of. Right now, I'm building lots of epic server stuff because oh my god, it's so fast. It it's is like nice, isn't it? This is a 7713. Ooh. It's 64 oh. cores and it has a configurable TDP. And so you like, it's mm. like, I want Threadripper 5000 to get here. I'll just throw that in a, in a machine and deal with it until Threadripper 5000 gets here. Do you have, do you have a dual socket system or just a single socket for that? Uh, I have one dual socket system and one single socket system. So um, the 7713, it works better. Um, on Windows by itself because Windows struggles with the uh, the number of processors. Linux yep. is fine. Windows is uh, on struggle bus. Windows doesn't really so every handle Windows admin yeah. ever. Even the <laughs> even the Threadripper sixty four core had some major growing pains in Windows at launch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Those are those are still there. So like it's funny, server nineteen or I'm sorry, server twenty two fixes a lot of those issues. But like the Hyper V team did a bunch of stuff to make it run better, and which is great. And some of the application teams have done some stuff to make it run better. But like Microsoft SQL Server, like they've apparently never had lunch with the kernel team because SQL Server is <laughs> all types of broken on on sixty four core processors. Well, so they they just want to go back to a Jet database. So it's yeah, they really do. I. If they were Google, they would have given up on SQL so long ago. (laughs) I enlisted the help of uh, Glenn Berry, who's a Microsoft MVP, and he really knows this stuff. And I was like, all right, just, you know, let's run through some benchmarks here and make sure. And he's like, no, that's right. And he's like, that's why we don't recommend those processors for SQL (laughs) Server. And it's like, sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) It's really just the thread count. Just turn off SMT and you're fine. It's a small price to pay for compatibility. <laughs> uh, the Azure people had the right idea too. Just on the one server, just create, you know, two or three VMs that only have like six cores and build a little SQL server cluster <laughs> on one machine. And that also <laughs> solves the problem. <laughs> yep, well, the Azure smart. people are a bit different from your average Microsoft people right now. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. they're forced to deal with the real world because they're right up yeah. against the internet. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eating their own dog food on Azure has taught them a lot of very valuable lessons. Yes, it has. Yeah, really. <laughs> Holy crap! This this doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. This might yeah. not be the year of Linux, but uh, we might want to support it. It's just just sort of a good <laughs> idea. I mean. Uh... <laughs> Wow, it, yeah. it's actually a really difficult world to live in out here in the real real life. Wow, stuff is hard. <laughs> well, customers, customers aren't using this how we imagined. We should probably make it suck less. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the loads yeah. are actually demanding and different. Mm. Yeah. 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 
All right. Well, I'm going to officially end the show here. So we're now in after show territory until we all grow tired all right. of this. But at Which some point, I'll just fade here. out or something. <laughs>